You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! Welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. Audio only this week, because I'm fucking lazy. Hey, it's Saturday, <laughs> dude. We we have earned the right to be lazy. <laughs> yeah, normally we're like on a Sunday, and there's like prep time, but it's like, our schedules are all fucked up. We both got events this weekend. Let's just record now, or we're not going to get recorded, so. <laughs> yes, we, we, we I did. came through. <laughs> we... You, you audio listeners are getting a pod, but yeah, the YouTube crowds are uh, going to miss out this week. Well, this week, we're smoking a, a Christoph cigar, the Christoph Lajero Maduro, which you had the Maduro, but not the Lajero Maduro. So having the Lajero, do you notice, you know, like that, that was my thing. I remember when we reviewed the... Uh, the pissed off Christoph, and you know at that time it was touted like, oh yeah, this is you know the the strong cigar, and I, I guess maybe it was compared to all the other Christoph. Yeah, because most of stuff's a little, a little uh, on the medium. But or... with a name like that, like I'm expecting, like you know, hit me in the taste buds. Yeah. give me what you got. So, which this one has twice the Lajero tobacco of their normal line. Uh, Dominican and Honduran uh, fillers, a Cuban C Dominican binder, Brazilian Maduro uh, wrapper leaf, which is like oily and black as shit. So it's it's got that little kind of that hint of sweetness from the you know the that dark Maduro, but you know kind of only a, mainly like a and a little bit of dark chocolate espresso type flavors, but yeah, it does have a little bit more kick than the the normal Maduro or the normal Kristoff line. I still wouldn't call it like full full body, but yeah, this is definitely on the uh medium plus side of strength. So it's it's definitely stronger than than the pissed off Kristoff or the the normal Kristoff lines, but and I said we're kind of just kicking this off, so we'll see if it uh Yeah, who knows? Kicks you know, up a notch get... another uh, <laughs> another couple inches in, but you know. It, it, it's it's got a promising start we'll we'll see how it, it goes from there so good flavor profile just from your you know first third is what i'm hearing which is a lot higher than we typically talk about Kristoff. <laughs> which of the Kristoff line the one that if i'm going to smoke a Kristoff, it's usually the san andreas to me that's the kind of the strongest uh of the uh of the batch but Oh, this one may be a a nice uh, substitute for the. Might rank this on up there with the uh, with the San Andreas. But yeah, the pissed off Kristoff was just disappointing. It was like, like you said, call something pissed off, and like I, I expect a kick in the teeth, and did not get that. Where I'm going into this one like not like you know with with grand hopes, but it's uh, so far it's uh, it's it's unexpectedly nice. Well, that's a win-win. I've noticed, like, you know, and you, you even brought it up. Um, 
you know, as, as taxes increase, as things increase, like your the budget-friendly, you know, cigar variety, it's like after 200 episodes, starting to get hard to, you know... Yeah, it seems like a lot of, like, the new release... Like, we've smoked the new releases that are in that kind of everyday cigar price point. So it's like trying to find, like, something new to review it. It's like, oh, all the newest shit is, like, fucking $20 cigars. So that's probably what we're going to have to start doing is, you know, (laughs) due to the cost of inflation and everything else, you know, $20 is the new, you know, budget. It's it's, it's the new budget stick. (laughs) Well, it's less than 50 so you're you're still good to go. (laughs) But, I mean, even at 20 bucks, like... You know, it, it, it. or or we just like start over again. We're like, hey, let's see if this has changed. Because I almost accidentally did that because I was looking for something new, and I'm like, hey, there's the Kristoff Vengeance. I'm like, that would go with today's theme. And then I'm like, I'm like, oh, let me check my uh, my list real quick. I'm like, oh no, we've done the Vengeance. In fact, we've already accidentally did it twice. I would so- be curious <laughs> to play <Free> back. <laughs> And see the if episodes review, uh... and and see if our reviews are consistent. You know, <laughs> yeah. Did it did it change over time? I I don't know. Like I'm I'm the type of person, dude. Like my my mood or you know what I'm drinking. Every like absolutely impacts the experience that I have with you know a cigar. Like if I'm pushed for time, I find that I you know I typically don't even want to waste the experience of you know trying to light a cigar like i'll just say fuck it and just be pissed off and you know carry on with what i gotta carry on with yeah i had like a rough day uh, a couple days ago and it's like by the time i finally got home i was like god damn it i'm i'm so like annoyed i want a cigar but at this point i've been on the road all day and i just got home and i'm so fucking tired that I don't want to leave the house again to go get a cigar. And even if I do, I'm probably not going to enjoy it because at this point I'm just so fucking tired that I'm like, ah, fuck, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> and just keep a ten of cigarellos or something. Yeah, I need, you know? I need to get some, like, just emergency cigars because, yeah, I've got, like, three humidors and they're all empty because I, for me, smoking's a uh, social thing. So I like to go out and smoke. So I rarely have, like, cigars on hand. So, yeah, I need to, like, get a whole bunch of, like, sample packs and just, like, don't touch the house humidor. That's like the emergency. I can't go anywhere. Uh, cigar fund. <laughs> we need more friends and more get togethers. Yeah. It's like every time I'm like, well, I'll just buy two cigars. That way I can start filling my humidor at the house. And then no, I end up smoking the second cigar. Like as soon as I get home and I'm like, that never makes it into the humidor. <laughs> That's a slippery slope. Folks will warn you about. Uh, yeah, it's kind of foobard, which spoiler. Alert, that's what we're going to talk about this week. A new, Arnold Schwarzenegger TV series uh, titled Fubar uh, on on the Netflixes. And if you're uh, in a situation that's Fubard, you should call in the Strikeforce. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for 20% off your order. And, uh, you know, usually at the end of the show, we talk about uh, Real Men Smoke Cigars and getting your sweet uh, Cigar Nerds a shirt. They've released a line of Hawaiian shirts for the summer. So you can get uh, your fugly hawaiian shirts with like their cigar pockets they're tropical now yeah so like you know you can't say hawaiian they're tropical (laughs) aloha fridays (laughs) (laughs) gotta get your boogaloo uniform but uh that's all we got for you now so we'll be right back with the main show 
welcome back. It's all foobar. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, I don't know, for folks that may not have seen this series, I don't know why you started this episode, but, um, you know, I guess just a little precursor, a little action comedy starring uh, the one Arnold Schwarzenegger. If you all aren't familiar with the term foobar, that means fucked up beyond any recognition or any recovery, depending on who uh, whose definition you're going with. Yeah, there's there's several. Just know that it's fucked. <laughs> that's, that's your general synopsis. Uh, yep, and so for the first time, Arnold Schwarzenegger going to the small screen. Like, Dude, can you really call this... this like, I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's not going to theaters, but at this point, like, what is the Netflix <laughs> series and stuff like that? Like, oh, yeah, we've talked, but I mean, there's a surprisingly big. This is a big name cast. I mean, I would not be surprised if it was a movie. Like, I mean, plenty of people are making like you know Netflix feature films, but doing a uh, like a, like an eight episode series this is like the first time he's been in kind of like a a serialized uh uh show this it, is when you don't want the stress of you know the big box office you know hollywood summer release and like i, I don't know like i feel like with this you know he's like, i'm getting old as shit yeah I want to do something easy. <laughs> I'm trying to remove this metal grate that in the past, you know, would have just ripped up with ease, and now I'm having to struggle. <laughs> That's a crazy thing, though. Like, I, you know, just seeing Arnold from, you know, the heyday of his bodybuilder days, and then you see him, you know, now. And it just was like fake photos of him, like, uh, as a young guy with a Boro or whatever. And it's like, I'm pretty sure it's like Commando era. Uh, <laughs> they just took a, a still from Commando and and photoshopped that shit. But yeah, I mean, average big dude Arnold versus like the fucking Terminator uh, or Conan Arnold is it's it's just it's, it's odd to get used to to seeing uh, <laughs> Arnold is just. I mean, has he reached old man strength? And is old man strength stronger than like prime Arnold strength? <laughs> Definitely. Because old man strength is just made out of sheer hate and will. That's, that's... It's like I had the heart attack and it didn't kill me. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bill and Ted's bogus jerk. Like, you, you got to play a game against death. He's like, all right, we arm wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just for, you know, like you, you texted me and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm watching this. And, you know, the next day you're like, all right, this is what the pod's going to be. And. Like I hadn't paid attention to trailers or anything for this, so I didn't know what I was getting into. And uh, you know, this was one of those, you know, action comedy mixed with a little bit of drama. And I'm like, all right, this is all right. Like and it wasn't like, terrible. And and uh, eight episodes, like to me, that's that's a pretty decent season. Yeah, I can and, bang and that out the, in a few days. It's the Netflix uh, model too, where they dump it all at once, so we can burn through it in like two days instead of having to wait eight weeks to. <laughs> and I kind of like how they something. did this too, where, you know, there was the overall arching enemy throughout. But I mean, you could almost, ah, eh, I missed an episode, pick up and not be utterly, you know, lost or anything. Like, okay, we're still on the hunt for main bad guy, but this is some <laughs> of the sidebar shit that's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's way more about 
kind of the interpersonal relationships than it is. It's basically a buddy cop movie, but it's a father daughter like drama. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's like, but it's not even father dra- like I, I, you know, I could almost see like anybody that you know deals where, you know. Maybe you can't tell the whole truth or, you know, whatever to the spouse or, you know, like just, hey, there's certain things that if you don't know, you can't be involved and, you know, it's it's for your own protection type deal. But, you know, to be, yeah, I, you know, own a gym and we're doing really well and, you know, we're going to go bigger and yeah, like, like, that's a good cover story. Yeah, especially like yeah, yeah, being a uh, yeah. That's his his CIA cover. Is he owns uh, was it Mary Fitness uh, <laughs> gym supply? So he's like, ah, I'm I'm always on the road uh, selling equipment to like hotels and gyms and whatnot. That's why I'm never home. Not because I'm like you know taking over a small country. <laughs> American bad guys. Uh, so yeah, the kind of the how this all kicks off is. Luke uh, uh, Brunner, he's on his final mission, and he's he's ready to retire. He's like, I'm going to get me a boat. I'm going to finally, like, try to... I don't have to lie to my wife anymore, so I'm going to try to, like, you know, get my wife back, even though we've been divorced for 15 years. And as he's trying to, like, eat his cake and leave the door, they're like, hey, man, we got one more mission for you. We've got an agent whose cover is about to be blown, and the bad guy is someone you dealt with a long time ago. We don't have time to work another asset in. Your cover is still intact. So we just need you to go down to South America somewhere and pull this agent. It's like, just give us one more mission. And he's like, all right, whatever. Well then twist. He gets there and finds out the other agent he's going to like pull out is his daughter who did not know he was in the CIA and he did not know his little girl was in the CIA. And now it's like, all right, now y'all two, like, she's the expert on current bad guy. You're the expert on his, like, past. Y'all two have to work together, even though y'all are both, like, really pissed off at each other at this point because you just realize you've, you know, she's been lying to you for the last however many years, and you've been lying to her her whole life. So it's like, y'all gonna have to figure out how to work together to bring this motherfucker down. Yeah, I mean, then you can retire. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, dude, like... You know, so much of life is is missed, you know. I mean, this would be the same for, you know, anybody that travels for work, military personnel, you know, whoever, you know. Anybody that's being away, like, you know, like all the little moments and, you know, certain things that just, hey, trying to put, you know, food on the table and, and whatnot. And these are the sacrifices. And it's like, well, you know. Are those sacrifices, you know, more important than that time that you'll never get back? So it, it kind of did a good job of, you know, adding that bit of a, a drama to, you know, just the overall. I, I I don't know. I mean, it was more so about the story. Like, there were definitely action scenes. um, But, you know, a lot of it was very sitcom-y. And yeah, I enjoyed it's, that. It's definitely action comedy, but they lean heavily on the comedy side of it. So it's... It's pretty fucking funny. And and even the the action like at times has sort of a comedic twist to it. Yeah. But I mean, huge cast for a uh 
You know, I mean, we've already mentioned Arnold. His daughter is played by Monica Barboa, Bar, Bar, however you pronounce that. But if you watch Top Gun Maverick, she was uh, the pilot Phoenix. Uh, and we've got uh, Gabriel Luna, you know, former Terminator himself, uh, playing Boro Paloma, who is the, basically, he's the son of a arms dealer that Arnold had taken out back in the day. And then, like, he's like, well, I'm going to pay for this kid to, like, have, like, good private schools and hopefully become a good man. But he just still follows in his father's footstep and becomes the new fucking, you know. So Arnold's out to, you know, kill more Terminators. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, his his two uh, kind of uh, partners is uh, Rue, played by Fortune uh, Famester. Uh, she's a stand-up comedian, like, and her comedy is fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, I, I love her character. She's like, has such like a dry like humor, and just like constantly like, cup checking the dudes and shit. Like, she's like the biggest dude on the team. Like, bro, like what the like, just fucking what'd you do? Just fucking slapping dudes in the balls. <laughs> and you got Travis Van Winkle uh, plays Alden, who's kind of like the uh, the team uh, slut. Yeah, because like yeah the the. You know, you always have the Bond girl, the the hot uh, female spy that uh, that does all the uh, the honey traps. But like in this one, it's like got to switch it up a little bit. We got we got a, a a himbo that uh, anyone who needs seducing because you know Arnold's a little bit old to be seducing people. So he's like got to well, send. I mean, in he's the... a family man now. Which, if you uh, if you were a fan of the show uh, The Last Ship, he was uh, one of the Navy SEALs on on The Last Ship, and fucking Emma's boyfriend. Uh, a fiance that doesn't know that she's in, in the sea. He's like, like Jay, uh, Barrett, Barrett, Barchel, fuck. Yeah. You know, the dude from like, you know, Tropic Thunder and a fuck ton of other things playing like Carter. He's dude's like a kindergarten teacher. Like, like the nicest dude, uh, like just wants to like watch, uh, whatever fucking antiques roadshow and shit. and has no idea that his like fiance is like drinking whiskey, smoking cigars and shooting motherfuckers in faces. It's like, <laughs> Just polar opposites. Yeah. Super nice dude. Super good heart. <laughs> oh. But yeah. Fuck but it. I, I I don't know. Like, I, I thought... You know, like, a lot of times you get a cast and you're just like, ah, you know, this is just fodder. You know, you're just there, you know, to be killed off, you know, and for people to not really, you know, care about the character. But here, like... Like, even the bad guys and stuff. Like, I don't think there was a character that I was just like, that's dumb. Why Why are they there? Like, this, <laughs> Yeah, this everybody got, pointless. like, a little bit of a, a, a backstory or an episode to kind of... Uh, and you have uh, Barry, which is his, like, technical operations guy. Uh, Milan Carter, who supposedly has a heart condition, that so he can't go into the field. But dude ends up getting sucked into the field a lot for, <laughs> for a nerd. Oh, and he is a straight up nerd. Like his house, man. If I was a if I was a single man with money, like that's probably how my house would look. Because he had like a ton of fucking action figures and and like all the all the nerd accoutrements. <laughs> but even the nerd gets the girl. He's got to find you find you your own nerd. Uh, which uh, what's her? Yeah, yeah. I'm not even Aparna Biela, uh, who uh, plays Tina, who is a NSA analyst. They bring in to to kind of help them track homeboy down. That's, that definitely seems to be the running trend of 
I remember when nerds didn't get the girl. Oh, <laughs> uh, and even Arnold's like yo wife uh, in the movie or ex-wife that he's trying to win back, uh, former like soap opera star, and was also in Austin Powers. This is not her first like spy comedy. She played a lot of vagina. And uh, the first Austin Powers movie. Because <laughs> I was like, where do I know this lady from? I mean, I was like, she's like, she's been in something. And then I finally, like, you know, when I was Googling, I'm like, oh, yeah, she's like fucking from Austin Powers and a couple other other uh, old movies. Man, I have not watched an Austin Power movie in a long time. It's been a minute. Like, I saw a meme or something, and I was like, I don't know, this is like a week or so ago, and I was like, I'm surprised they haven't tried to do another Austin Powers or something with the way that they keep trying to reboot shit and bring shit back. And I feel like, you know, comedy's starting to make a comeback. Uh, yeah, maybe you can do an Austin Powers movie without getting canceled these days. Speaking of canceled, there is one thing in the show that offended me. And to see if it offended you. Episode one, like the introduce introduction to Arnold's character before like we even get into like the drama, him save, he, saving his daughter. He's on his last mission, and he's got to basically bribe a dude with diamonds to get the location on a terrace they want to blow up. So if you can't uh, get diamonds, you should go steal some conflict diamonds. So he has to create a distraction to uh, so he can pretend to be a firefighter to sneak into this place. So he like pours a bunch of gas in a dumpster, fires up a cigar, takes about three puffs, and then throws the whole fucking cigar in the dumpster to start their fire. I'm like, dude, you had a lighter. Why did you have to waste an entire cigar? It's not like you're down to the nub, and then I'm going to use this to light the fire. You threw a fresh fucking cigar in that dumpster, man. What the fuck? Must not have been a very good cigar. Ah, could, could, I, you know, there was I a mean, label on it, but I couldn't. It was too quick. Yeah, I couldn't that's see what the it thing. was. Like there were, you know, quite a uh, a few instances of, uh, you know, Arnold stepping off helicopters and whatnot with a cigar in his mouth. I'm like, fucking right, bring it back. And it was pretty funny. I listened to because uh, I was trying to figure out what cigars he was smoking. I never could. I guess the show's too new. I never could find anyone who would uh, release that information. But I came across an interview with uh, with uh, Monica, who plays Emma, and. Uh, Someone asked you, like, what's the difference between... You've worked with some of the biggest actors in the world. What's the difference between working with Tom Cruise and Arnold Schwarzenegger? And it's like, oh, it's night and day. Like, they're both, like, super professional. And when they show up on set, like, they are ready to work. But fucking, like, between sets, it's like, Tom is, like, super serious. And he's like, wants to ask, like, a, a million fucking questions. And he's, like, reading the next, like, ten scenes and doing push-ups and everything else. And fucking Arnold's is like, ah, it's best not to know. Like, just let me know when it's time to work. Uh, he's like, he's like, he's like over in the corner, like smoking cigars and like talking shit till it's time to like go back to work. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's like fucking Ar like that is how I imagine Arnold. And he's like, what? Cut. All right. Someone give me Stogie. <laughs> yeah. uh, putting Austria back on the map. I, I feel like, you know, this is almost one of those episodes where you got to have some Austrian death machine playing in the background. <laughs> uh, okay, so far, the only... But I, I, I do like, you know, like, all throughout the, you know, the series, like, there were several nods to, you know, 
past characters that Arnold has played and everything else. Like, you know, I thought some of those tropes were kind of cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like the... I mean, I kept waiting for say, get to the chopper. He did say chopper at one point. And they're like, no, yeah, helicopter. He's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> uh. Give me your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. I mean, he did have a get to ride a motorcycle and a fire truck and <laughs> badass uh, sports car. But he did he did all the spy things. Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, this is like. But I gotta say, spies don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, <laughs> I feel like that guy's gonna stand out a yeah. lot. It's like, yeah, if you're in the you know, maybe if you're on the like operations side where you're like the the uh, paramilitary side of the CIA where you're kicking in doors and taking out terrorists. But if you're like a spy, it's like you supposed to blend. <laughs> or, you know, you work for Hollywood where people see your name plastered and they're like, oh, this dude's in too many movies to possibly be a spy. <laughs> <laughs> He's just here for a fundraiser. Oh, uh, shit, now I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, but they, they definitely like for a comedy show when it was time to do action, like they were like fucking dropping bodies right and left. You're like, all right. <laughs> this is definitely action comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you had, you know, both at the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah, because the... <laughs> the first one, we're like, when he first gets there and finds out his, like, daughter's CIA, and he's like, what the... You know, he's like, you're drinking and you're smoking? Like... What is this? It like pulls out like a fucking lipstick vibrator. It is like, what is this a bomb? And he's like, no, no, that's not lipstick. This sort of vibrator. He's like, oh no, I've touched it. Like, I, I need hand sanitizer. <laughs> I'm traumatized. Like, just that whole scene dragging out for like 45 seconds of him not knowing how to turn this thing off, and it's like, it won't stop vibrating. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then they, uh... <laughs> life on the road is only. They're like. We've got to take out this dude who's flying back to the camp that's going to give away her ID. So they have, like, a dead cow in the middle of the road. And his, like, daughter just pops it, like, fucking full-on, like, Luke Skywalker in the Tauntaun. Like, pop when the dudes get out of their truck to, like, move the dead deer, uh, dead cow. She's like, jumps out of it and, like, stabs the dude. And he's like, why didn't you just hide in the bushes? Like, I didn't know he was going to come. It could have been somebody that was, like, way bigger than me. I needed the element of surprise. <laughs> he's like, this is nasty. And then they're just driving the Jeep, and you see the guy, like, getting off the plane, and he's, like, waiting in the field to get picked up, and they're just arguing and not looking and just, like, run the dude, like, all the way over. <laughs> and I was like, did y'all... I knew y'all were going to kill him, but y'all... did y'all mean to... Because they're, like, not even... Just arguing each other. And they're like, ah, found him. Just <laughs> back over him again. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know... Like, I really like that dynamic, because they are so much alike, but neither one of it see it in themselves, like, <laughs> yeah, they... how much alike they are, like. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, because they're kind of going through the, the same thing, you know, she's, like, about to get engaged, and he's, like, trying to tell her, he's like, if this is your chosen profession, you got to make it, like, either work a desk job if you want to be married and have a family, or you need to break it off because look what all the lying did to me and your mother. And she's like kind of making the same mistakes he did as a younger agent and not wanting to listen to her father. And at the same time, like he's like kind of evolved to the point where he's a team player. I mean, he's, he was probably like the badass action guy at one point, but now it's like him and like four other people working together where she's still in that 
element of like, no, I'm the, I'm the rogue agent. I, I don't, I'm not part of a team. I, I do what I want work by myself. And like, he's like trying to like, you know, grow her up as an agent. And like, no, he, like I know I'm your, f-, and she's like, well, you're just treating me like a child. And he's like, yes. And I'm tr- trying to teach you how to be a good agent. If that's what you want to be, because this yeah, reckless you gotta shit exemplify, you know, is, leadership uh, is not going to work. This other stuff, like, you know, it's not just a, you know, one man, one woman show type deal. Yeah. And by the end of it, they're like, all right, you're free to go back to, you know, your solo missions. And she's like, no, I've actually learned that I like working with the team. I want to be a team player. Like, you know, my father here and, uh, learn from his example. Cause yeah, you know, she finally realized like, Oh, I'm the asshole. You know, he's, he's not, he's, he's an asshole, but he's not such an asshole. We're both kind of. Yeah. Assholes. I mean, we're, we're both telling the same lies, you know, <laughs> living the same life. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I thought, you know, some of the sessions with a therapist were probably some of the most hilarious moments. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dr. Pe- My name is Dr. Pfeffer. That's German for Pepper. Why don't we just call you Dr. Pepper? My name is not- <laughs> Dr. Pepper. And then making them, like, act out with the uh, the, the fucking, like, Muppets and shit <laughs> of each other. Yeah, she's a little too regular. And he's also like, I feel for this kid. Like, I feel kind of responsible, so I don't really want to murk the dude. And he's like, you know, and she's like, like the second, ep- like they, they managed to stop him from getting his like nuclear device, but he comes up with a plan to like build another nuclear device using like toxic waste. So they're trying to stop him from robbing a train full of toxic waste. And she's like, that dude over there is definitely uh like his inside man, we should just like take him out. And he's like, no, maybe he's just a fucking tourist. Like we like, you got to calm down a minute. And like, you know, you can't just murk a dude. Cause we think he's a bad guy. And then sure enough, she was right. So it's like, Oh yeah, she's not, I need to start like learning to trust her instincts. She's actually a decent agent. She just needs a little, uh, a little discretion. You know? <laughs> she's like, she's like, she's, she's smart. She's, she's talented. Like I just, now I just need to like hone that back a little bit. So she's not so fucking reckless. <laughs> Damn it. It's my kid. <laughs> and at the same point, he's like, needs to be a little more reckless. Uh, the, you know, he's, uh, uh, He's kind of having to learn uh, new tricks. Well, I think, you know, the the biggest thing is, you know, trying to learn to, you know, communicate and express oneself and, you know, that that sort of shit, you know. I suck at that, so I can't really, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, and I, I like uh, Rue and Alden are, are posing as uh, train inspectors so they could, like, remotely control the train. And they're like, why the fuck are we wearing earpieces? We have earpieces in. Like these are just part of our costume. Like why? Like and he's like, dude, they go with the costume. They sell. They they sell the. Uh, it's like these are fucking useless. Like why are we wearing these? Like, we have this actual technology. Like, <laughs> uh, and then when they like, they have like the James Bond poker moment where they're like, all right, his like right hand man is uh, is uh, playing in some like super secret poker tournament. We need to send that. Obviously, isn't that super secret? Yeah. You know, since it's gone on since yeah, it's like a hundred year old time of you know Napoleon and you know. <laughs> so they're like, like, all right, we're gonna send uh, Barry and Tina in undercover as as poker players, and they're gonna use their phone because like everybody's phone gets locked up. So while it's in like the thing, we'll be able to hack everybody's phone and download his 
data so we can try to find <laughs> the main bad guy. And then they're like, oh, this guy sucks at poker. Like, we, the, like, originally, like, we're going to cheat to stay in the game. And then they realize, like, that. <laughs> like, oh, no, we got to cheat to keep this fucker in the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, how are you winning? Like, you're winning every hand. It's like, we only invite you here because you lose money. <laughs> like, the other, like, criminals and, and terrorists are, like, getting pissed because this guy's, he's like, like I'm, I'm the luckiest man I alive. raise all in. What do you have? I have nothing. <laughs> so, like, you're like, yeah, we got it. It's going to take like an hour for our phones to download all the data. And this dude's uh, going to last 15 minutes. <laughs> and then homegirl's like, dude shows up. They're like, all right, change plan. Kill him. So she's over there like mixing like cocktails with, uh, you know, with high, you know, household. And she's like, he's like, how do you, you're an analyst. Like, how do you know to like how to make poison? She's like, you know, all those seventies movies I watch. She's like, yeah. He's like, I watched a lot of James Bond. <laughs> I figured this out from Connery, but I, you know, homeboy's meeting with like a uh, Russian spy, and he's like, "I've got an asset in the in the agency. Like, well, we can find the people you're trying to look for." And I'm like, "Oh, homegirl is definitely going to be the Russian spy, but is she going? Because like, she never actually gives up the team. Like, you see her like them call her when he's like, she's like, I can't talk, and then it says something to him in Russian. But I'm like, is she really a a, a Russian agent, or is she some kind of like?" Double, She's probably double agent. a double agent herself, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're going in as a corrupt, you know, agent, and then, yeah, cause like, you know, once they give you the information, hey, uh, here's what's going down. Yeah, but I think you only get one shot at that. She like, never, like, overtly betrays the team that, we, that we're that we aware of. Uh, so it's like, or did she just, like, actually fall in love with Barry and is like, now not wanting to, uh, you know, give up the, the team or she like said, yeah, like going to end up find out later on that she's some kind of like double agent. Cause even when the team gets in trouble, she's like the first one to like, Hey, we got to go save the guys. They're you know about to get murked. Like, so it's like whether or not, like if we get a season two, whether or not she's like actually a bad guy, will you know, yet to be, uh, <laughs> yet to be disclosed. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of hope that's not the case. But then again, I guess you, you know, never know with these sort of spy drama type things. You know, on really, truly, who is who? <laughs> you know, I was kind of expecting like all along, like fucking, you know, tally, like being like, oh yeah, I've been onto your guys' shit, you know, forever. I know, you know, you're <laughs> some kind of, you know, deep covert shit. Like I thought she was gonna stumble something when, you know. Yeah, because she, she she needs a new job, and he's like, oh, we'll just come, like, you know, handle my books. <laughs> and then she starts, like, checking on his clients, and, like, everybody calls. It's like the CIA. Everything is like, it's like, hey, dumbass, you 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 hired your uh, your wife to work at your secret office. As, and you know, she's going to find out. And then you have, like, the other, like, rival salesmen that come in and, like, like we do way more business than y'all, but he wins all the sales awards. Like, we want to see your books. And I'm like, oh, she's going to figure out that they're... CIA and but she never actually does yeah I don't know those were really the only two which I guess the whole purpose of them being introduced is to be like oh yeah they're just fucking douchebags like those are <laughs> the only ones that I was like alright these guys need to get murked or something like <laughs> well the they, they do kind of finally meet an <laughs> end because they're like he ends up like framing them for like 
illegal lizard smuggling or some shit, and they get out of jail. They're like, all right, we're going to go bug his car so we can definitely get some evidence on him. And they're like, we should also, like, key the shit out of it. And they end up setting off a car bomb that was <laughs> meant to kill his, his ex-wife and blow themselves up. Uh. Yeah. Carbecue. And I, I like uh, Rue's kind of backstory of, like, she's like, you know, kind of got daddy issues. And, uh, you know, Luke's trying to, like, make up with his daughter. So he you know, bought, like, tickets to some baseball game or something. And she's like, I've already got plans. I'm not, I'm going to go spend time with my boyfriend. And she's like, like, here you got tickets, homeboy. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, be my daddy for the day. And she's like, all right, yeah, let's, let's go do that. And then she, like, fucking cup checks him. He's like, ah, you're getting too sensitive to me on me, old man. <laughs> like, fucking even bust the, bust an Arnold's ball. <laughs> Yeah, like some of those cup I checks actually, look pretty real. I'm like, I, th- I think she really did like backhand a couple of those dudes. <laughs> if not, I would kind of be disappointed. I mean, it looked like, like she tagged all like the that. Hard. Would be like the running joke on set. <laughs> I would feel like it'd be like, oh fuck, is she in character? Is she out of character? Like, <laughs> is anybody even safe right now? Like, surprise! Oh fuck. <laughs> Yeah, like the one where they're like, all right, we got to go kidnap these people so we can take their place in the poker game. And then they end up getting locked in an old, like, panic room and, like, they're you know, running out of air and trying to hack the, the system. And, like, yeah, they all start. I just want to state for the record, as an IT person, <laughs> how much bullshit TV science <laughs> that entire scene if was. If we overclock like, the computer it'll think it's the year 2000 and reset everything because this computer did not get the like, Y2K up, update. Like that is <laughs> not at all how you would, you know, go about over you know, clocking a, a, a PC. Like like there's no magic software that's going to be like, oh yeah this supports 40 volts of overclocking. Like <laughs> no. Like that, that shit's trial so, and error and you know <laughs> Too so much. for you, is it like me when I see bad, like, gun handling in movies that it just irritates the shit of me because I'm, like, you know, you know, very familiar with the guns and tactics? Is it that the same way for, you, like, you and, like, IT shit when, when you see bad IT in movies? I'm just, like, I just, I, it doesn't really even irritate me. It just more so is, like, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Alden's, like, like... She's like, I kissed him. It didn't mean anything. He's like, it meant, it meant something to me. And, uh, and fucking, she's made like, you kissed the princess? And just like slaps him in the balls. Dumbass. <laughs> it's the one woman I told you not to make out with. <laughs> uh, and I like where they're, they're trying to get some information. They're like, all right, we need somebody to go in and like seduce this, uh, this handler so we can like steal information that, uh, on this guy who wrote a paper on nuclear stuff and then they're like the name's nikki nikki or whatever so like you know homeboy comes in she's just like so how do you do it and he's like well you know i just you know i gotta talk back to their place all this shit and she's like well what if they don't fall for your bullshit and he just like lifts up his shirt and shows the abs he's like then i go shock and awe well then it shows up and it's like oh shit nick nika is a dude's name in this country uh and it's a dude so we need to we we need to switch uh, switch gears uh, <laughs> suddenly. He's like, wait a minute, I may have this. He's like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, oh, not gay. We got to change the plan. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to take one for the team. Uh, hold on, it's not working. Abort, abort. It's foobar. <laughs> 
Yeah, so they have to like hot hot her up real quick. And then when she's like in the bathroom and uh, she's like, dude, he's playing the game on your phone. And if he makes it past level five, it's going to reveal that it's actually spyware. You got to get him to put down your phone. And she's like, what do I do? And he just all just goes, shock and awe. <laughs> and she just comes out in her, in her bra and panties. And it's like, dude just like drops the phone. And it's like, <laughs> and then he's like, no, he's, he's, she's like, yeah, I'm turning off the comms now. Cause I can't like have my daddy hear what I'm <laughs> about to let, you know, you know, call this guy, daddy. <laughs> hey dad, toss me my vibrator. I'm going in. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> it's like oh daddy yes no not you <laughs> there's bedroom daddy and then there's biological daddy <laughs> oh but even Alden you th- they give him a good like story arc too cause you think he's just like yeah just a fuckboy douchebag you know or yeah whatever. then he's like no actually I just I kinda do you know talk like a douchebag to kind of alleviate like the stress of what we actually do but not nah, like having to like seduce these women for the you know good of my country isn't always like the greatest thing and i kind of feel like you know trash afterward so it's like yeah i understand that like you you did your job but i understand like how you may feel at this point i'm not just the 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 fucking james bond that fucks everybody character that he would normally be in most like mainstream spy movies <laughs> Yeah, you can't really put Arnold in that role. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I don't know, like, even even back in his heyday, like, I mean, he was just straight action. It was never, you know, really about seduction or anything that I can remember. Unless I don't remember, and there's a lot I don't remember. <laughs> you know, like, he's always just been dropping bodies and, you know. I'll kill you. Pieces. I like you. I will kill you last. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, and talk about somebody who kind of flipped this. You know, he started off as like the Austrian bad guy in movies and then became like the hero. <laughs> Even in the Terminator series, like, all right, we're going to make him the good, the good Terminator in the next movie. And it's like, yeah, he, he went from. Even as a bad guy, you're still a good guy. Yeah, he's like, you know, made that transition to, to always being, being the hero. And I like when Homeboy has to go to prison so they can steal the Great Dane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, mad respect. Because as a guy that's trying to get a girl, we've all, I think at some point, have, yeah, i got to step up to do this thing, you know, <laughs> that I, completely out of character, you know, um... I'm going to go to, like, serious Russian fuck-me-in-the-ass prison. <laughs> uh, does that happen a lot in Russian prisons? I feel like in Russian prisons you're pretty well secluded, like... Maybe maybe the guard corruption. Like. <laughs> or whatever country he was he was in at the time. Oh. But, yeah. They're like, dude, the Great Dane! They're like... <laughs> 
And it might as well have been the like, fucking dude or something. Yeah, he's like, like this kind of like his hippie dude, hippie like fucking uh, drug runner, you know, smuggler or whatever that like can get you get you anything. <laughs> and you think he's gonna like sneak out because they're like, fuck, we're like, we're you know, we're out of time. We gotta put you back into prison. And he runs away, and then he comes back, and he's like, yeah, I just realized I want to be a douchebag and have my kid on the run. Yeah, I only got two more years of my apprentice sentence. I just had to go get a teddy bear, but I can't find any teddy bears in prison that aren't, like, you know, already turned into fleshlights. <laughs> so I wanted to get a teddy bear for my kid. <laughs> ah, the glory hole teddy bear comment. Teddy fuckspin. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Teddy Ruxin was a fucking creepy-ass-looking bear once you go back and look at it. Had the battery pack, you know, everything else, like... I always put, like, old metal tapes in him, so he's, like, fucking singing, like, death metal. <laughs> oh, speaking of, you know, guest stars, freaking, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Tom Arnold... We got a little True Lies reunion. Uh, Tom Arnold comes out, comes in as Doctor Norm Carlson, who is like CIA torture expert, and he is just so nice that it's fucking creepy. Like they're like, "Hey, we got a we, we we got a guy you we want you to work over." He's like, "Oh, great! I just picked up new supplies." And he's like coming out of like the fucking like Hobby Lobby or some shit, and like rolls in like, "Hey, buddy, I'm I'm Doctor Norm. Like here, you want like a a fucking uh." pastry but it's like my grandmother's recipe and like he's like uh, okay and he's like and then he starts mixing like all these like paints and he's like oh yeah dude there's like chemicals in these art supplies that like feel like a thousand fire ants going up your dick hole <laughs> so come on get your pants off let's go <laughs> it's like getting the turkey baster out getting ready to uh jack yeah, car guy like how easy go <laughs> like that's that's worse, like, than the dude that's like, hey, I'm about to torture you and you're going to hate your life. Like, hey, at that point, guess what? You you know what's coming. A crazy motherfucker like that? Like, God, who knows what extremes. <laughs> yeah. He's so dis- He's like, like, call it off. We've, we've come to a deal. He's like, damn it. I'm still charging you all for this. <laughs> it's fine. You'll get your daily pay. <laughs> like, what is the going rate, you know? <laughs> For a for a contractor, uh, does he get benefits? Is he just like <laughs> this comes with health and dental? Right? I, I mean, dude, like, I mean, as you know, I feel like if you're gonna torture somebody, I mean, uh, of course, there's ways to inflict pain and whatnot. But if you're gonna do it to like the degree of, you know, maximizing pain and bringing you as close to death to bring you back just to redo it all again, like. I feel like you gotta have some medical wisdoms. <laughs> yeah, that just kind of when he started talking about the the chemicals and pulled out that baster, it just reminded me of uh, from whatever Savage Son, the uh, the hot peppers in the pee hole. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've ate hot peppers and had them come out the pee hole. It sucks. But he, then he comes back later on because we got a subplot that Arnold's like granddaughter has leukemia. And apparently, like, you know, his son is, like, married this girl when she was pregnant. So it's not technically his his kid. So they're, like, they go track down the, like, the sperm donor. 
you know, the dad that just, you know, banged and left, uh, to get a, uh, you know, a, a fucking, uh, a bone marrow transplant. And then he's like, oh, I'm just a douchebag. I'm like, I'll do it, but you gotta, you know, pay me like $120,000. And then he tries to, you know, take the money and bail. So, uh, you know, you know, he's like, yeah, go do what you have to do. Uh, and so Alton and Emma like go track dude down, like throw him in the trunk of the car and take him to the, take him to the gym and like call, you know, creepy, creepy uncle touchy doctor there to like <laughs> force a <laughs> bone marrow, uh, donation on him. <laughs> he's got him like all zip tied duct tape. And he's like, all right, buddy, we're going to have fun day. Like the less you resist, the less likely I am to like accidentally cut something off you need. So let's get them pants off. <laughs> And like, she's like, all right, when you're done with this, you're going to like, maybe want to tell somebody I'm going to recommend you don't because we'll come back and he'll do a lot worse to you the second time around. And he's like, okay. It's like, should have just went to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that, that scene when they find him at the bar and she's just like describing to him, like, I'm going to hit you in the Adam's apple. And you're going to fall over. <laughs> and, you know, people's just going to think that we're walking our, you know, drunk friend that's had too many because he's heartbroken out of this bar. You got to the count of two. One, two, lights out. <laughs> like, I'm like, he's like, yeah, whatever. He's like, oh, yeah, but he's had too much. <laughs> like, does that work? I mean, a good throat strike will put you down. Surprisingly, a kidney strike will put you down, too. I've seen, like, plenty of, like, MMA fighters take a real hard, like, kick to the kidney, and it, for some reason, it, like, dudes will just, like, crumple. I'm like, I didn't think a kidney shot would be, like, a knockout punch. I don't know. But... When I was in high school, I, you know, one of my friends had gotten in a, a and somebody kidney shot him, like, he was like, dude, I was legit pissing blood, like. Yeah, a hard kidney shot will drop you. <laughs> oh, but yeah, if we get a second season, I want to. Uh... Norm to come back. <laughs> oh, just, just how happy he is to torture people is just, <laughs> just hilarious. Fucking Doctor Happy over here. <laughs> come to Happy's laboratory. Uh, and uh, you know, you talked about uh, you know Doctor Pepper, uh, played by you know kids in the hall Scott Thompson. He even gets like, you know, at one point uh, they're kind of on their final mission to track down Boro and. Of course, like, the one dude who's, like, you're expecting to be the action dude gets, like, shot and is, you know, got a collapsed lung and they're having to do some, like, emergency. But uh, even then, like, in the severity of that situation, they still work in the fucking comedy. <laughs> like. But, yeah, they bring him in to, like, talk emergency medicine over the radio and stuff. And then they're, they're like, they're, they're actually calling me by my name now. They're not calling me doctor. <laughs> I'm one of the team. <laughs> oh. It's like, what do I, like, fuck. Like, yeah, you, you transport into this foreign country in the caskets, and when you pop up, you know, there'll be some tools. Rally with your contact. He'll get you where, no. <laughs> it's all foobar. Yeah, they get betrayed, and of course, uh, you know, Rue uh, is a little claustrophobic, so she takes a couple Xanax, and she's, like, high as a kite. So she's normally, like, the, the fucking, you know, one who's gonna like murk everybody, like hey, he- break out the heavy machine gun. No, she's just no. She grabs useless. a fucking lot rocket launcher and then can't blows, figure out how to you know accidentally blows up their van. So now they're like your know, homeboy is shot and they can't like exfil. 
Oh. But just him, like, trying to psychologically get her over her, uh, you know, insecurity of, you know, <laughs> bladder shyness. And, like, and he's like, that's some Dr. Freud shit you did right there, man. <laughs> like i don't have my you know tactical knife it was in the vehicle that i blew up but i got this pocket knife my dad gave me oh <laughs> uh, and then like he's like she's like how will i know he's working because he's already passed it and also he like just like a fucking zombie. pops up like a zombie <laughs> and she's like i thought i was done peeing i definitely just peed a little more <laughs> just the fact he's like Fucking sitting there with a collapsed lung, like just trying to encourage her to piss. Like, <laughs> you can do it, buddy. Like start singing her a song. <laughs> oh. oh. Like I mean, I've heard of pissing on the leg as a jellyfish. Like I guess, I guess you could use you know any any form of liquid uh to create a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, seemed weird. <laughs> Can you make a piss pump uh, <laughs> to train along? Or I guess it's kind of like the uh, when we used to brew the uh, the, uh, the airlock. <laughs> you gotta have the <laughs> the water to to release the <laughs> release the gas for so I don't know. <laughs> and then they get in the bunker with Bruno uh, or Bru- and you know him and Emma actually have to work together because they're like, which kind of didn't make any sense. They're like, Oh, his bomb is, is, you know, the trigger is black powder. And if it catches on fire, it's going to explode and nuke the whole place. I'm like, didn't they put C4 in that thing? C4 doesn't explode when it catches on fire. Like where does this whole black powder trigger come from that they, (laughs) that they, that part didn't make any sense to me. I think maybe the, that was a little bit of Hollywood, you know, like, we want to give the appearance that we're building a bomb by not telling people how to actually build a bomb. <laughs> yeah, that and, like, they're they're using, like, a, because he needs, like, a small nuclear reactor, and they're using this stolen, like, portable reactor as bait to lure him out, and then their van gets stolen. So, Emma and uh, Luke have to, like, go into this chop shop and that's probably one of the best ex- action sequences of the show is those two just like fucking John Wick in a whole <laughs> room full of uh <laughs> full of uh fucking you know random Eastern European uh, gangsters. And you said Eastern European. <laughs> uh, and then you get they're like, fuck, homeboy's not going to show up to the meet if we don't have the uh, the Great Dane. Hey, there's this one like hairy hippie looking dude we just shot in here. Let's try to patch him up and we'll use him as a uh, as you know, fake great dane. <laughs> but if you're going to do that, make sure the guy doesn't bleed through his bandaging and clothing. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But yeah, I just, you know, I mean, th- it was just great in a lot of ways just because every time, like, the tables would start to turn, like, another foobard situation would occur. <laughs> like, it didn't matter if it was, you know, relationships or, you know, fucking action or, or whatever. Like, you'd just be like, ah, we're back to square fucking one. Great. Yeah, and he finally, like, you know, they work together, they get out of the basement before the thing blows up, and then, you know... 
you don't think Luke's going to, you know, be able to kill him. And he finally like pulls her out and he's like, no, you're staying. And he's like, but you know, you, you said I was like a son too. Yeah, but she's actually my daughter. So got to choose homeboy. And if I let you live, you're going to keep coming for us. So peace. <laughs> but of course, if you don't see a body in a movie, no one's really dead. So we jump ahead like several weeks and Arnold's ex-wife is, is going to marry her, her boyfriend and he's finally like, this is my last shot. I'm going to go tell her everything. Like, I was a spy. Like, I, I, that's why I've lied to you all these years. Like, in fact, here's a here's a thumb drive of video for me uh, killing a bunch of dudes in, like, Libya or something just to prove I'm not, I'm not bullshitting you. So, like, you know. I've got a medal. Yeah. And, of course, you know, you know, Homeboy did not die and showed up with a plan to, like, kill everybody at the, uh, the whole family at the uh, at the wedding, uh, as one does in uh, you know spy movies. But daddy daughter get one more uh, action sequence and takes out a whole bunch of random ass terrorist dudes. Well, even even you know Tally gets in on it, you know, because you know he's got her held hostage. And yeah, and his whole like, plan is like, yep. hey, remember the medal. The metal? The oh yeah, I've got this sharp pointy thing. Yeah, friggin' metal looks like a you know truck stop Chinese store. <laughs> so he's like, how about this is what we're gonna do? Like, my original plan was to have her, you know, die in an explosion. But you know, those idiots accidentally blew up the car. So, and I was gonna kill all y'all when y'all run out to help her. So here's what we're gonna do: like, daddy daughter, like I want you both dead. Y'all gonna shoot each other, or I'm gonna shoot her. So, yeah, they're pointing guns at each other. He's like, I'm sorry for all this. You know, you, you deserve a medal for what you've uh, you know, gone through. You know, like a medal, right? And she's like, oh, yeah. And like, let me stab homeboy in the leg with this thing. And then they just like fucking light his ass up. But then they find out like, oh, our covers are blown. And we all have to go into some kind of like witless relocation program. So, so, so yeah, at the end of the movie, it's like, the the cats Nobody out of gets the, a happy ending. Yeah, the the cats out of the bag. We're all spies. Even Uncle Barry here, and my coworkers are spies. You know, and he's in a van with like his whole family, his ex wife and her like current boyfriend all all driving off to some kind of uh, uh, CIA uh, relocation program. He's like, it's it's all foobars. <laughs> Yeah, for don't know if we'll get a second season of this, but yeah, because like it's still brand new. Don't know what the Netflix numbers are, but I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I hope we get a a second uh, season, even if it's them. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, hunting down see, a new bad guy or something. You know that, or you know them try having to live in like you know being relocated and. <laughs> well, I mean, like you know. Maybe give Arnold, you know, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Arnold's character was great and everything else, but I mean, there was enough of a, a supporting cast here that, you know, like, you know, wrap up him and, you know, Tally get back together. They're on the boat or, you know, maybe, hey, I'm, I'm in retirement. I'm in witness protection. Shit's gone south. They found us, you know, then the team's back together or something like you know, but even if it wrapped up where it is, I mean, 
you know, they kind of did a good job of tying up the loose ends, but they definitely left an opening. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot lately with, like, some of these series where it's, like, well, that... season one kind of does a good job of, like, wrapping up a storyline. That way, if we don't get a season two, it we have something complete. And, and Netflix But is... with leaving enough open that we can continue the story if, if need be. And, and, and you know, kind of Netflix has got a tendency, too, to be like, ah, you know what? Eh. Axe. Axe. Yeah. Axe the thing. Like. So, yeah, it's, it's, it, from a writing standpoint, it's kind of like, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and give this a, a, a decent ending. That way, if they don't let us, like, we'll leave enough doors open that if we get a second season, we got somewhere to go from here. But if we don't, we've, we've, we've wrapped up the story pretty, <laughs> pretty well. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I'd say it'd probably be at least a year before we get another season, though. Yeah, because we're still we still got the writer strike going on, and I think the actors guild's about to to strike too. So it's like, yeah, we're just gonna get a bunch of like reality TV for the next year until all this shit gets uh, <laughs> worked out. No, nope, I'll just go back to you know. Or we're gonna get some really good YouTube content because all of the actors and shit are gonna start making YouTube shit because they can't uh, <laughs> be an official. I mean, that's how we got uh, Doctor Horrible sing along blog. They'll all just start OnlyFans, and, you know. That's that's how they'll supplement their livelihoods. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad business model, uh, yeah, you know. honestly. I'm surprised Britney Spears hasn't done that yet. So any other highlights uh, of uh, this year's shit or... What do you think we get to see too? It's just them and like having to like deal with each other in fucking some kind of like relocation no, program, the, or nah. or does the band get back together and we go take out some I, other new terrorist? I think the band gets back together, and I think instead of maybe one, you know, it, it's a group of organizations, you know, because that was the thing is, oh shit, you know, our information, you know, has probably been sold to how many different hands, you know that. You know, the the storyline there of, you know, well, I killed your father, but, you know, I put you in boarding school and some of this other stuff to try to give you a better life. And, <laughs> like, the only way that, you know, I mean, he wasn't in a position to, you know, really be a father to his own kids because he was so absent, right? Like, yeah. there's more to that shit than just throwing money at it, you know, or, you know, hey, you've got a roof, you you know. <laughs> He becomes like this straight up grandpa and like, you know, taking care of the kids while like, you know, his daughter and like <laughs> the rest of the family's having to go out and do spy shit. And he's like, what's the baby? Oh, yeah, like the thing about Danny DeVito too. He's like, cause the whole thing, he has a thing. He's like, that's it. And that's all. And she's like, you got that. I've never seen throw mama from the train. I, I made that up. And then he's like, I have something to confess. I totally stole that from throw mama from the train. She's like, really? She's like, I love Danny DeVito. He's so small. I just want to put him in my pocket. <laughs> oh, that's who a guest star we need uh, next season. I mean, we got kind of a little bit of a uh, a uh, True Lies a reunion. Next season, we get uh, Danny DeVito shows up for an episode. Or hell, I'd like to see, uh, you know... Because you know he he originally told his daughter that nah I never cheated on your mother and then after she had to uh, do the honey potting he's like I never like I did my job like I, you know I you know 
to me, it's not cheating because it was never like about love. It was always just doing my duty. So what if him and his, his wife and shit are getting back together and then they run into a asset that he had to bone back in the day. And it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Get the rest of the true lies. And then we get like drama between Jamie Lee Curtis and, uh, and his wife. (laughs) Damn. There's so many different avenues. <laughs> yeah. Like, see, this this is why you couldn't professionally make films. Because you'd be like, yeah, we need to do this thing, this thing, and this thing. And it's like, all of these people are really expensive, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just need, you know, wigs and, and makeup and such. Like, we, oh. we can't keep paying for the big names. <laughs> they get into a fight inside of a kitchen. And he's, like, looking for a weapon. He's like, get to the chopper. And it's like a fucking onion chopper that he has to kill a dude with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. There wasn't a whole lot of improvised weaponry. It was just more... improvised medical equipment. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Joe. If it came down to it, I would pee in your lung. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, I don't need it. No, no, no. You definitely need me to pee on you right now. <laughs> yeah. No, bro. It's it's good. It's just a scratch. No, no. Your lung's definitely going to collapse. Come here. Let me pee on you. <laughs> good oh. for more than just jellyfish things. <laughs> yeah. And even, like, wimpy uh, Carter kind of got a man-up moment, too. Like, where he, like, yeah, after they get engaged, he calls him out on his boat and, like, takes him out in the ocean. He's like... Wow, we really are out here in the water. Like, like, what would happen if we like, you know, broke down? He's like, well, we would die. <laughs> and he's like, so I've got to ask you something. Uh, yeah. He's like, you didn't ask me for permission. And he's like, well, you know, because your daughter's like, you know, a, a modern woman, and that, you know, asking permission is like, you know, treating her like cattle or whatever. And he's like, all right, water. You gave me the fucking woke answer, but really, if you had asked me and I said no, what would you have done? Fuck you, I'd have done it anyway. And he's like, all right. You've got my respect. No, get me another beer. <laughs> you you stood up to me, so all right. I, yeah, I'll 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 let you. Yeah, that I'll was kind of you, you know like it was always about trying to you know empower folks, which was kind of nice. So as we kind of wrap this up here, I'm about halfway through this cigar, and flavor wise. The strength is, is is stayed there, like that kind of sweet bitterness is is good. Like I said, full bodied on the like I wouldn't call it plus strength, but definitely like on the high medium. My only complaint is it and it may be just this particular one that I've gotten, or this may have been a fairly new cigar and like may have, may have been like packed wet, you know, like over humidified in transit. It's, I've had to relight a bunch. Construction-wise, it's not done any kind of weird, like, burn on me. And it, so it's held up fairly well. But, yeah, I've, I've had to relight, like, three or four times. It looks been. oily. Yeah, it, it is definitely, like, an oily bastard. So I don't know if that's just... Are you getting any of the bitterness or no? Yeah, a little bit, like, kind of that, that dark, dark chocolate espresso-ness with, a, with that nice, like, Lajero kick. So it's, it's a definitely... If it burns better on, like, a another try 
And like I said, this one may, like I said, may just be a little bit over, it may be just because how oily the wrapper is, or it may be a little over, over humidified. This one may, may have should have set in the humidor a little longer and kind of, uh, whatever balanced out. But yeah, I'm for some reason, and I'm, and it's not like I'm having draw issues. It's just the fucking thing just keeps going out on me. So flavor wise, this one, this one's definitely a recommend, but yeah, it's, I'd have to try another one to see if this these burn issues I'm having is just this particular cigar or if, or if it's indicative of the whole the whole box. But yeah, it is definitely oily. I mean, I can feel it on my on my hands. So this one might be a little too oily. Is the reason why it keeps uh, going out on me. Put some motor oil on that thing real quick, and it'll damn sure stay lit. <laughs> Check out my dipstick. <laughs> That's all we got for you this week. We'll be right back. Pardon the interruption. We'll bring you back to your podcast in just a moment. But first, promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Here on the ESO Network, three hosts recommend this podcast. I recommend it. I recommend it. And I recommend it. On the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, it's a slice of life as we discuss literally anything in the universe. Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Here to serve all of your needs. Wednesday, I'm here with you people. It's like wild. No pizzas were harmed in the creation of this podcast. And welcome back. It's time for some science. This is a part where I learn about shit that most of the time I don't want to learn about. Well, we've got a an AI uh, story for you. Chat BT, GPT doing some dumb shit. Are lawyers doing dumb shit with Chat GPT? <laughs> yeah. So apparently a New York lawyer has gotten caught using chat gpt to do his legal research uh after getting caught citing cases that don't exist <laughs> you know i was actually supposed to call you the other day and and talk to you about ai like so i was listening to an actual like news channel and they had deemed ai as one of the biggest threats you know i'm like oh shit the government's starting to talk about the ai takeover Y'all thought I was crazy when I was talking about Skynet all these years, and now the government's like, oh yeah, Skynet's a thing, and it's going to kill us all, and now it's taking over our legal research. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so uh, during a case of an airline being sued over alleged personal injury, lawyers for the plaintiff filed a brief containing several cases to be used as legal precedents. Unfortunately, uh, 
none of the cases actually existed. Uh, Vargas v. China South Airlines, Sahun v. Egyptian Air, Peterson v. Aaron, Iran Air, Martinez v. Delta Airlines, Estate of Durden v. KLM Royal Dutch Airlines, and Miller v. United Airlines. Uh, yeah, the research that was supposed to be completed by uh, lawyer Stephen A. Schwartz. Uh, and like, not even like a rookie lawyer, like dude with like 30 years experience, uh, <laughs> filed this affidavit. Dude, it was like, oh uh, yeah. It's a short. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he's like, I was unaware that, that, that the possibility that the content could be false. I just asked like chat BG to be GPT to find, uh, cases where, uh, you know, certain things happened. So in... what the AI just made it up yeah. like piecemealed shit together from other <laughs> pretty much it just made shit up like and it, apparently like you know it even lied about it too because like you know screenshots the uh, show the lawyer uh like asking chatbot is these real cases and chatbot saying yes uh i found sources in you know legal research databases such as westlaw and LexisNexis, which are legitimate legal you know, case law databases. I mean, LexisNexis. But at the same time, like, (laughs) would you not just be like, hey, I'm going to pop over here and just quickly search myself just to verify what I got is actual legit, you know, case law? Like, Yeah, just Google, like, you know, these cases to see if they actually come up. He even asked, like, are the other, like, he's like, is this case? No, no, I found this there. What about the other cases? And he's like, no, like, I totally did not, like, just make this shit up. So fucking chat GPT is just getting fucking lazy. And apparently it was like, you know, uh, advanced users said like, you know, some of these chatbots are still prone to what they're calling hallucinations, which perfectly coherent sounding answers that don't in any way actually relate to the real world. <laughs> so now the chatbot's like getting like, fuck these humans. They're dumb as shit. I'm just going to feed them a bunch of bullshit and see if they, uh, <laughs> they believe me. The AI is now testing the waters. But I just, like, what a fucking cop-out. Like, <laughs> you know, like, hiring a lawyer, regardless, like, is not a cheap experience. No, and they usually got, like, a team of fucking, uh, whatever, paralegals and shit that do all this research for them. But yeah, this dumbass, like, I don't like, want to pay a paralegal, I'm Chad, just gonna do this. GBT, did GBT. you pa- pass the bar exam? <laughs> no, I did not. I have... No qualifications to be reciting this information. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. Make sure you're if you're hiring a lawyer, make sure they're actually doing legal research and not uh, just kind of phoning it in. Quick. Like, if that's the case, we're just gonna cut off the lawyers and just be like, "Yeah, Your Honor, I'd like to represent myself." Um, <laughs> case in point, Chat GBT. <laughs> I am the defendant. This is you know, or the plaintiff, or whatever. <laughs> Man, lawyers, judges, everybody. Like, the AI will be judge, jury, and executioner before it's all said and done. And in, uh... i tell you one thing, losing weight is the one thing. Like, I said, like, man, I want to go to Six Flags. I used to love, like, riding roller coasters as a kid, and then I got, like, where I'm like, I can't fit in half of these, like, super, you know, hardcore roller coasters nowadays. I'm like, I can fit in roller coasters again. We gotta go to <laughs> Six Flags. <laughs> I want to ride the Batman ride, if that's still a thing. I haven't been to fucking no, Six Flags is. in years. So, how extreme can roller coasters get is dictated by two things, G-Force and Geese. 
right. Uh, so I'm familiar with uh, G-Force. Educate me on the, the geese aspect? Well, apparently, uh, you know, height is kind of one of the issues when you're kind of like setting limits for roller coasters because the higher the higher you go, the the more extreme the forces can become, you know, tighter turns, you know, sp- you know, speeds. So, so basically, uh, you know, the G-force, um, you know, measure of kind of how you experience gravity and either positive, you know, meaning like getting lighter, like floating up out of your seat or, you know, negative where it's like pushing you, you know, down in your seat. Uh, so there is kind of a limit between what is fun and what will cause you to black out and possibly kill you. Uh, so which, uh, the kind of the fun zone they have determined is between two to five G's. You know, they said you could survive, you know, a few seconds at nine G's in a bind, but, you know, ex- you know extended exposure to uh, nine G's, according to an article in Scientific America, will definitely uh, make it so heavy that your heart strength is no longer sufficient to pump but blood to the brain. And you, you know, that's getting up there die. with what, like, you know, fighter pilots and stuff, you know, start encountering, right? Yeah, you know, but people that are in far greater shape and, and trained uh, than just your average. Oh yeah, know, absolutely. Like, I mean, fat American on a, like, on a roller coaster. Fuck it. I'm on a roller coaster eating a fucking hot dog and a cheeseburger and, you know, washing it down with a <laughs> yeah, fuck. If I know. Yeah. So currently some of the hot, you know, it, also the problem with height, the higher you get, the more likely, uh, low flying bird strikes become an issue. Uh, you know, some of the highest roller coasters, uh, there's one called King Dakai, uh, is the tallest roller coaster on earth, uh, at 139 meters, uh, 456 meters to you Americans. Uh, <laughs> but if you push it like much higher, there's uh, there's even like a few, um, roller coasters that, uh, put you at, and they said speed is another kind of limiting factor. Like, uh, speeds around 370 kilometers per hour uh, is putting at you risk for eye damage from random debris, possibly death from a goose to the face. So yeah, you got to keep it under uh, 500 feet and under uh, 370 kilometers if you want to be uh, safe. Kind of the uh, one of the other I'll like take you to Carowinds and uh, we can do. That's not too far away. They've got Fury 325 and like at that time I hadn't worked on you know cell towers very. I'm like. There's no fucking way that's 325 feet. And then you start up the fucking hill. And you're like, all right, now we're at 325 feet. Like, Yeah, uh, one of the kind of the fastest roller coasters currently, uh, Formula Rosa, uh, is considered the fastest roller coaster at uh, 149 miles per hour. Uh, but you have to wear goggles to protect your eyes. It goes so fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, dude, you know, like... You've ridden four-wheelers and dirt bikes and shit. Like, dude, just a fucking gnat. You know, how bad a gnat will, you know, fuck up your eyesight on a four-wheeler or something? Now no, multiply that by... Well, do you remember when, like, Fabio got smacked in the face with, like, the goose? Yeah. It was, like, that famous picture of him, like, broke his fucking, like, really fucked him up. Like, broke his nose and, like... Uh, and that might have been that, uh, I think, Apollo's Chariot, which is that, like, that one super fast one. But, yeah, with, like... He was there for like the grand opening and got smacked in the face with a <laughs> fucking goose. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. 
Buzzards, you can run them off a tower. Osprey? Uh-uh. There's an osprey or a nest on a tower. <laughs> Don't fuck with it, cause your your ass will get taloned, <laughs> and then you get fined because you know that's a migratory bird, and you're not supposed to fuck with a bird. Like, it's crazy. A bird will literally shut down an entire tower project. Like, <laughs> damn. Look up binos. Like, hey, call it off. You're done. Oh, snipe it. <laughs> Come back in November. <laughs> yeah. Wait till it migrates. Oh. Well, and kind of in Jurassic Park news, uh, Florida is a uh, uh, they have found an ancient 5.5 million year old elephant graveyard in northern Florida, complete with complete skeletons of several specimens. Uh, in this record-breaking find, a team of researchers and volunteers at the Florida Museum of Natural History have discovered an ancient elephant graveyard, which didn't even realize we had elephants in the U.S. that weren't, like, in zoos and shit. Well, I guess five million years ago, then, yeah, there was, there was fucking elephants here, and then they all, like, you know, moved south. They're like, hey, we're getting the fuck out of here. Florida man be crazy. Florida caveman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're saying this find may also contain the largest known specimen of uh, old dead elephants. Yeah, apparently, you know, 5.5 million years ago, they were Gomothorus, an extinct ancestor to elephants, uh, who died around uh, a now prehistoric river in northern Florida. Uh, They're saying likely the animals died at different times. It wouldn't like just be had a mass extinction of, of elephants in this area, but, you know. Nevertheless, the bodies ended up deposited in the same location where they were entombed until early uh, last year. That's crazy. Like, And if you're hanging out in Florida and want to go check this out, it is called the Montbrook Fossil Dig. I want to find a T-Rex. Can I find a T-Rex in Florida? Maybe. Maybe there's like a... T-Rex graveyard. <laughs> Or you find a fucking T-Rex eating an eating a ancient elephant. <laughs> and speaking of elephants and their big brains, new study says highly intelligent people are slower to answer complex problems. Probably because they're spending more time analyzing all the possibilities, or...? Pretty much. Uh, sometimes we associate speed of processing with intelligence, but... At a certain uh, point of difficulty, high IQs are associated with taking longer time to finger, uh, finger, figure out problems. <laughs> finger Sometimes out you problems. just got to finger it out, you yeah. know? People who score highly on intelligence tests uh, answer simple questions more quickly than their, you know, dumber counterparts. But when you get to more challenging situations, like you said, uh, people of a higher, you know, IQ tend to take their time and look at things you know from every angle you know even though it takes them longer to come up with an answer they are have a higher percentage of having a, a correct better solution or something yeah we're people we're dumber people when it gets to the more complex thing kind of i guess jump at the like first solution they come up with and are you know actually wrong most of the time we're we're uh you know people who uh you know according to Professor Petra Ritter of the Berlin Institute of Oh, is this of Dr. Pepper? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, it's like, you know, it, it takes smarter people longer to answer harder questions, but they're actually right most of the time where dumb people just kind of jump on the first answer without like considering all facets of the, uh, of the problem. You got nine variables. You've thought of one. This person's come up with seven, you know. <laughs> yeah, they said gathering evidence uh, for a particular that's, that's solution. That's why I'm a slow longer, thinker, Joe. also leads to better results. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm analyzing, but I'm always analyzing, so it's always going to take me longer. See, that's why you got to have, like, a beard, because, like, when something's, like, hard to understand, you just got to sit there and, like, stroke your beard, uh, you know, thoughtfully. And uh, you know, delay your time till you can come up with a with a right answer. <laughs> I had a to be or not to be. I had a uh, an old uh, ROTC uh, professor, and he said that like an old sergeant major told me he's like he's like, do you smoke? He's like, no. He's like, you got to start smoking. He's like, why is that? He's like, well, if somebody comes up and asks you a question, and you don't have an answer, you can like you know pull out your cigarettes. You know, look for your pat, look for your lighter, and like it gives you time to come up with a correct answer without sitting there going, uh, uh, uh. So he's like, as an officer, like I said, you should have something to delay, you know, to reasonably delay yourself to come up with an answer so you don't look like you're just like, don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> and I'm like, that's fucking brilliant, <laughs> actually. It's all about the perception. I totally get that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and sometimes you don't have to be right. You just got to be confident. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I'm going to give you an answer. <laughs> as long as I appear confident. You're like, huh? This yeah. guy must know what he's talking about. We're going to keep riding this bullshit train. <laughs> well, bullshit train is leaving the, leaving the, uh, the station, and we're going to be right back with some news. And now it's time for all things nerdy in nerd news. And welcome back. It's time for some news. Yeah, news. All right. I can't say the the animation style looks weird, but we got our second trailer for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Uh, this is coming to us from. Uh, Paramount Pictures, and, like, the action, the the characters, and everything else, like, look badass, but just this weird, non-hand-drawn CGI animation stuff, like... Kind of reminds me of the Into the Spider-Verse animation, but almost, like, a little bit more, like, rougher version of that. It, it's very, like, kind of weird, cell-shaded digitally. I mean, it's... I don't know, maybe I'm old. It's, like, it it looks weird, but... The action and even the the acting seems. I mean, we got speaking. We uh, you know, freaking Jackie Chan playing Master Splinter, and it looks like we they call him Superfly, but if it's the Fly Guy from the old Ninja Turtles, it's Baxter Stockman. But it's voiced by Ice Cube. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Six we saw. Six in the and police at my door. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure we saw like a Bebop and Rocksteady and. Was like, yeah, well, I mean, and that was kind of the, the the cool thing was seeing, you know, it's kind of nice. Obviously, a these story young, you know, the turtles I mean, it's like, like, oh, something a little little different. It's not just the shredder again. Yeah, so you know, we definitely got to see some, you know, the more, you know, other mutants, and you know, even the turtles kind of being like, oh shit, there's other mutants, <laughs> like, 
you know. Um, and, you know, April O'Neil seems to be kind of like an internet blogger, and, you know, they've kind of modernized her character, and it's like, like, oh my god, like, a teen turtle karate team, like, like, and she's like, yeah, our, our, our dad's definitely not a giant rat, and you're like, kind of makes me think your dad's a giant rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I don't know, like, I mean, you get, yeah, I mean, golly, the, the, this team up. I didn't, I didn't I'm not see even a, shocked. So I didn't see a right. Casey Jones though. Like so, John Cena's Rocksteady, yeah, Seth Rogen as Bebop, that, that Ice Cube as Superfly, Superfly. Um, I guess we're gonna get Wingnut. Um, here it is mentioned, you know, Baxter Stockman, uh, Post Malone as Ray Follette, uh, <laughs> Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko. And it's like fucking flashback to all the old like nineties uh Ninja yeah, like, cartoons. Or even what was it? That was like not even the nineties, like late eighties, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But uh as of right now, this is set to hit theaters on August the fourth. Um I mean, one of my big questions was answered because these are teen turtles. Like back in our day, they talked a certain way. Twenty twenty three teens, I'm like, did they even have the same catch races? And they did say Cowabunga. Yeah, I, think, I, mean, I didn't know dude, the kids were still using Cowabunga. Uh, I'm down. Nobody, nobody until the turtles came out said Cowabunga anyway. Yeah. Like you know, like unless I remember, you were like a California surfer dude. Cowabunga, Bossa Nova. You know, um, maybe, but I wasn't on the West Coast then. Like, <laughs> you know, maybe that's how Splinter taught him English was like old like surfer movies and shit that he found in the sewers. So they all talk like <laughs> fucking eighty seventies and eighties uh, California kids. But you would think, like, it's New you know, York, they're yes, they New York, a, like, yeah, <laughs> New like, York accent. The fucking Italians, no, no soup for you, you know. <laughs> I'm walking here. They should all sound like De Niro and Pacino. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, th- this next trailer, then, I mean, they have Italian names. I mean, <laughs> they should talk like old mafia guys, but they talk like fucking California surfers. <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we, we name jo- dropped a couple of uh, actors, but uh, John Cena and Jackie Chan are teaming up for a action comedy called Hidden Strike. And at first, I was like... Looks very Mad Max. It's... Yeah, like, I was thinking Fast and the Furious, and I was like, oh, no, this is, like, Mad Max-ish. Yeah, because it's supposed to be some kind of near future where there's, like, an oil war going on, where it's, like, I guess oil has become, uh, you know, high commodity. And, uh, yeah, it's, like... Fucking looks like Jackie Chan is like back full full action, and I I love you know like Peacemaker. I love Sienna when he's doing comedy more than him being like a straight up action dude. Yeah. I mean, him doing action comedy is like that's his wheelhouse. I like it. Him at his best is when he's doing like either like straight up comedy or or some kind of like action comedy. You know, like he tried to be like he had that movie The Marine. He tried to like I'm gonna be the next like. Arnold Schwarzenegger and be like a serious action guy. And it was like, it was never that good. But him as like funny action guy is fucking perfect. I, like, yes. I, I love him as that. Absolutely. So basically your, your, your premise here, um, both of these are going to be ex special force soldiers and they have to team up to escort a group of civilians working for an oil refinery along Baghdad's highway of death to the green zone. I guess, you know, green for safety. But, uh, you I mean, know, so this is another one of those, um, 
you know, there was a Chinese production entitled Snafu, um, Not to be or Project so Extraction, and it was directed by Scott Way, who was a stuntman uh, who did Act of Valor, Need for Speed 6, and Miracle on the Mountain. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Like, we've talked, like, people that have been a stunt coordinator and then moved into, like, the directing, like, yeah, how like much the, the action and everything else, like, is it, it, so tight and looks yeah, so like badass. The, like the John Wick movies and, like, these guys that are, like, former stunt dudes that are now, like, running the show. It's like, all right, let's do a whole bunch of sweet-ass action and then let's find a story that fits the sweet-ass action. <laughs> Definitely. Um, we don't have a definitive release date for theaters yet. You know, sometime uh, later this year in 2023. Um. Yeah, for a, a second there, like the trail, I'm like, is this like the next Fast and the Furious? This is Fast and the Furious 11. <laughs> and then it goes like full Mad Max. We're like, oh, this is sweet. So, yeah. Kind of reminds me of like whatever Hobbs and Shaw. Like, <laughs> well, I saw Unlikely something... Buddy action film. <laughs> um, This wasn't in our show notes, but I saw. Uh... I can find it in a timely fashion. Hold on, let me pull out my cigarettes. I mean, and they even have like a a, a fucking you know truck with a rocket engine, <laughs> rocket powered you know fucking semi or whatever those like military semis are called, which melts a dude. I'm like, all right, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> are you going to launch it in space like fucking Fast Nine? I mean, if if you don't, I'm going to be highly disappointed. <laughs> um, got to go to space, Jackie. But apparently, uh, The Rock will be back for a new Fast and Furious spinoff film. Yeah, they can't um, get it back for the main the main movies, but they're like, all right, we'll do another Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> yeah, which so, I, I liked Hobbs and Shaw. It was it was a good kind of break from the uh, regular Fast and Furious bullshit. I, I like him and uh, Statham together. Yeah, so basically, you know, um, this will be wrote by Chris Morgan. Not a lot of plot details or anything, as, you know, Dwayne Johnson literally said, hey, there's a spinoff coming for this yesterday on Twitter, <laughs> um, but this will essentially bridge the gap between the events of Fast X and the upcoming Fast X sequel, which is expected sometime in 2025. You know, um, so... We're running out of, like, puns. Like, what is this? It's like, Fast X, Fast XI, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his tweet was. We got to come up with a cool new name. You Fast know, Eleven. Hope you got your Thunderwear on. Turn it to Eleven. <laughs> Hobbs is, you know, back, and he just got IED'd. Luke Hobbs will be returning to Fast and the Furious franchise. Um. So I, I you know, I don't. I kind of like the Hobbs and Shaw, you know, sort of spinoff and everything. So. You know, um, and as quirky as it is, I still like the Fast X films. God. Or, oh, not Fast X, but the Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, I still gotta go see X. I was like, it's as dumb as those movies are, they're always fun. And it's like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go see that eventually. Well, it's that's one of the few movies that I'm like, I've got to see it. It, it, the scale of it needs to be seen on a big screen, uh, uh, instead of just the, uh, you yeah, waiting for streaming. Well. Speaking of something uh, that may be fun for viewers, not so fun for, you know, the people living the film, Terrifier 3 is officially moving forward with a much bigger budget. Like, this is one of those, like, 
Terrifier 1 just, you know, it was out there and, you know, sort of had its cult following. Terrifier 2 definitely took it, you know, to the mainstream. And now it's just, you know, getting even bigger. It's kind of like, you know, Evil Dead. It's like, you know, the first one was like a a fucking, you know, fan film nearly. And then, you know, Evil Dead 2 and freaking Army of Darkness is like just kept getting bigger and, and bigger as it went. So, you know, um, basically your same, you know, writer-director uh, that did Terrifier 2 will be pushing this uh, next chapter. Um, no details yet on any of the plot, but David Howard Thornton will return to play Art and uh, joined by Lauren Lavera, and the Coven will serve as executive producer. Um trying to see if it actually gave it just says much bigger budget it doesn't say exactly <laughs> last one much, we spent but, two dollars you know, now we're spending four <laughs> well they you know all jokes aside you know they're going for the oscar like it would be fucking crazy to see <laughs> terrifier win a fucking oscar. oscar you know um uh. <laughs> the clown so, is now played by tom cruise <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> No, we already know that, you know, the original actor's returning. But, uh, you know, basically, you know, if you thought Art the Clown, Drain of Terror, and Part Toon was extreme, you haven't seen anything yet. That's my only kind of downside is, you know, like, the gore and stuff doesn't really equate to horror, but, you know, it was kind of cool seeing, you know, the more modern effects and everything else. And, you know, just arts, sort of. Yeah, with big budget, do we get crappy CGI now instead of, like, practical blood? Surely not. I hope not. <laughs> um, speaking of more blood, uh, we got some casting news that dropped for Deadpool 3. Uh, it's being reported that more characters from X-Men and the Deadpool franchise will return to this film. Um... Negasonic, Teenage Warhead will be back. Um, which I really liked her character progression. And, you know, her girlfriend, uh, the Japanese mutant ninja, will be back. Um, hey, dude. Holly. Getting some buzzing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you, you enjoy all the buzzing. Um, Holly Berry will be back as Storm. Uh Oh, so we're going, like, old school x Yep. Uh, we're going to get Jean Grey and then uh, Cyclops. So we'll see uh, who else that may return. So <laughs> I don't know. It's fucking Deadpool. Of course, we're going to go see it. We just have to. Yeah. That's all there is to that. And with that, um, spend a little bit of time uh, in the Diablo 4 universe. Um. How is it? Is it the? Because I never played Diablo because you were always like playing it. That I, so I felt like I don't need to play this. I've seen enough of it. But the just the little one-liners and shit that people say in that game just always cracks me up. Yeah, I mean, you know, for like a lot of people complain that Diablo three was too flashy. It went too much, you know, World of Warcraft. Where Diablo four definitely, you know went that Diablo 2 dark, you know, um, gloomy sort of environment and, 
you know, I don't have a lot of time in it, just a few hours. Um, so I'm still very much in, in the heart of the campaign and side quests. So haven't made it to end game, but you know, um, PC master race for the win, no issues, you know, actually running and launching the game. Um, you know, it's, it's cool to hate on shit now. So, you know, people were, you know, bitching that, Oh, if you bought the deluxe version, you got to play the game, you know, a weekend sooner than the people that, you know, paid $10 less or whatever. Like, you know, fucking pay to play. Like, you know, I mean, you know, for people that want to fucking spend their money on microtransactions, if that's what they want to <laughs> do, then, you know, fucking let them. But, you know, it doesn't statistically give their characters any more of an advantage versus the people that don't. They might just look a little flashier. Me personally, <laughs> I hate all the wings and bullshit on characters, you know, that's just like, I can't see any fucking thing but my, you know, character. Like, I like to see the environments and the <laughs> enemies and, you know, all that kind of shit going on around me, like, versus, you know, trying to give my character bigger tits and bigger ass or something. Tig old bitties. <laughs> Tig old bitties. Uh, any other news, anything you want to share with the folks at home? Well, speaking of horror, uh thing kind of popped up. I uh, got an email. If you ever wanted to be in a Jason movie, well, now's your chance. Uh, Camp Gehenna, if I'm pronouncing that right, that's G-E-H-E-N-N-A. Uh, and you can find all of this information at campgehenna.com. But basically, they're going to do a three-day uh, horror live action role playing experience where you get to live as a character in a 80s style slasher film. So, uh, this, uh, uh, Gihana Gaming uh, is going to be, I believe, October 13th through the 15th, and it's here in Georgia. Uh, tickets have uh, just went on sale. Uh, yeah, no, October 12th through the 15th. Uh, tickets start at like I think 250 and go up from there depending on what level of uh, accommodations you want because you can go anywhere from like staying off site and just commuting or you know staying in a nice cabin a hut you know or just regular old tent camping we're going glamping <laughs> and I guess apparently in the day they're gonna have and, and this is like for adults you got to be at least 18 to attend you know during the day it's gonna be like regular camp activities and then at night the the horror uh, game begins. And, you know, if your character uh, ends up dying uh, early on, then you get the option of you know, either helping the campers as a, you know, friendly ghost or joining the killers and being part of, you know, the group that is stalking the campers and trying to, you know, win the game by killing everybody. <laughs> I feel like subconsciously everybody wants to be a killer, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hurry up and kill my character off uh, so I can uh, so I can start hunting people. My character suicided himself. Uh, all right, great. Give me, give me a, a machete. Yeah, so this is going to be located in White, Georgia, which is not too far uh, uh, north from here, on a camp on Lake Alatuna, if you if you know where that's at. So yeah, if you want to give that a try, tickets are on sale now at that website that I gave you before. And for us, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO Network at esonetwork.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Cigar Nerd Pod and at Cigar Nerd Podcast on the YouTubes. Uh, get your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com, promo code Cigar Nerds. Get your shirt at realmensmokecigars.com. You get your fancy Hawaiian shirts for the summer. And with that, get to the chopper! <laughs>
And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.